Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm Dean of the Chapel at Houghton. It's my privilege to share with you each weekday that classes are in session, a short podcast thinking about one of our college lectionary texts. As always, we have three. Today's lectionary texts are the 23rd Psalm, Judges 6, 11 to 27, and Romans chapter 5, verse 18, through chapter 6, verse 14. And today I'd like to think with you about the psalm, the famous 23rd Psalm. And I'll read it for you in the King James Version, which is the version that is most persistent, I think, in American culture. It's one of these beloved psalms that continues to have a hold in American culture, even as it's become less and less Christian. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The evocative first verse of the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's pretty clearly a a difficult passage because wanting, desire, is very much part of being a person. We all want things. I mean, I want the esteem of others. I want comfort. Like if you ask me on any given day what I want to do, it's usually to roll over and go back to sleep a little longer, right? That's what I want. I'm not sure how to work past that want just yet. I want, like I say, I want the esteem of others. I want just a little more money than I currently have. Uh, I want the Eagles to win the Super Bowl every year. You know, that's what I want. And humans are desiring creatures. Like, it's hard for us to imagine uh not wanting. In fact, we, we, we try to wish away our wants. We try to pretend that we don't really want those things, but that doesn't really work forever <laughs> to say, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want this. Rarely turns the wanting off. We want things. And learning to deal with this wanting and not just wishing it away, that's a really important part of growing up, right? Like a, um, the way I, I know that a person is, if I'm talking with a student about some issue that they're facing, the way that I know that they're really ready to face it is to not pretend anymore that they don't want <laughs> whatever it is that they're fighting, right? They're ready to acknowledge that desire that's there. And so we read the 23rd Psalm, and initially we might be just like, really? Like, you you don't want? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it makes us a little... Uh, a little uncomfortable because it just seems so far from our lived experience. I think there really is, though, something important about learning to put those wants in 
perspective. In other words, beginning to say, okay, the question of whether or not I want right now <laughs> is one thing, but what are my wants doing to me? How, how are my wants functioning in my day-to-day life? Dallas Willard says it this way. He says, this psalm, this first verse of the psalm, is about learning, quote, I am under the care of someone else. I am no longer in charge. I am under the care of someone else. I am no longer in charge. And it's interesting, I mean, you know, as we think through times in our lives when we're under the care of someone else, I'm no longer in charge. We think of childhood, early childhood, right? When all of our needs are met by another person and indeed even anticipated by another person. When we're sick and elderly or frail, um, I am under the care of another and I'm no longer in charge. And in those moments, for example, when we're sick, do we want to get well? I suppose, yes, at some deep level, we want to get well. But there's not this active sense of my want to get well dominating me right then. I don't even, I'm not even aware enough of it often if I'm sick and going through it. I remember once I had a pretty severe uh, eye accident and couldn't see for a, cu- a few days, maybe a week. I can't remember exactly how long I couldn't see. But as I think back about that time as I was going through it, there Of course, I wanted to be able to see again, but I also was not cognizant enough of what was going on all the time to actively be wanting it. It was just a matter of, okay, I'm living today. You know, I'm getting through it today. Someone else is taking care of me. So that idea of being cared for by another and having my wants kind of put down at a different level in my life, to me, that's a really helpful thought because it, it, it speaks to the way that I live now. Like in my life now, in some ways, I'm the exact opposite of who I was as a young child and who I may be as an older and sick person, right? I, I am 42, about to be 43. Um, I take care of people. They don't take care of me right now. Um, we have an older, you know, kids who age from four to 14 years old. So for 14 years, I've been focused on the needs of others primarily almost all the time. And it's interesting, though, as I care so much for others, there's a way in which <laughs> I'm no longer in charge of my life, <laughs> right? Not because I'm under the care of someone else, but because I'm so constantly caring for someone else, right? Like, uh, I realize as a dad, as the dean of a chapel at a Christian college, I realize my life is no longer my own, right? In a different way than I realized it when I was a baby and, the, and as I will realize it when I'm older and uh, unable to do as much on my own, right? Like my life is no longer my own right now. And that shapes my reality, right? I think like we're coming up on March. Every year in March, um, before I had kids, I would take the first two days of the NCAA basketball tournament off and I would just watch basketball all day, noon to midnight, right? I love that. I would still love to do that again, but honestly, that just can't happen now, right? Like I've got a job that I need to be here for. Um, I can't, can't mess around that way. And if I decide to go home, like if I sort of figure out my schedule enough so I can go home in the afternoon and watch basketball, do you think my children are going to let me watch basketball from noon to midnight every day? Nope. <laughs> I'm going to have something I have to do at home, right? There's very little me time in my life right now. 
And consequently, and maybe this will make sense to those of you who are parents and listening out there, or maybe it will make sense to you if, if you've been a caretaker for another in a real, uh, a real intense kind of way. I don't even know how to want that right now. Like, I mean, I could wish that I had some me time, but, you know, we all know people who get through the grueling ardor of having kids and then can't go back to the people that they used to be. They can't sleep late in the morning anymore. They can't, you know, because their wants have been fundamentally changed. And I think it's a shame sometimes that we attribute that to family and parenthood when this psalm makes pretty plain that that idea, um, and, and many, many other elements of the gospel, not just the psalm, but there's so much in the Christian faith that locates that not in the immediate family, the nuclear family, but in the body of Christ. Because my life is now under the care of God and completely dedicated to God, because I have no agenda of my own anymore except for God's, then my desires are fundamentally different, even while there are some of those things that are the same. Even while I still have Maslow's hierarchy of needs going on, right? Like, even while I still have this desire for, like, shelter, food, comfort, you know, all those things, um, they're also subsumed in different ways so that they're not actively dominating me in the same way because I just don't have time to let them dominate me. And so I think whatever stage of life we find ourselves in where we're either being cared for or caring for others, this idea of shall not want is not meaning it eradicates every shred of desire from our lives, but meaning that we learn to put our wants in a certain kind of perspective. I'm under the care of another now. My life's not my own anymore. So I'm going to stop wanting because it just doesn't even really make sense to want. I'm becoming different. I'm becoming made new. And so me time means something totally different than it would have before. I want to pray about that for this week, this weekend, I guess, as we're facing ahead, right? There's so much about living through a pandemic that I think can also bring us to that place. Like, you're a different person than you were 11 months ago. The way that you interact with the world, the things that you want, the things you feel like you need to get by, they're different than they were 11 months ago. And that's okay. That's good. And there may be even a way that what we're going through right now is equipping you to want differently. And that's a healthy, safe place to be. We're growing up together. God, we lift this time to you. We lift our hearts to you. We lift our desires to you. We know that there are things that we want. We pray, God, that you'll help us to know that we are under your care. And we pray, God, that you'll help give us strength for all the ways that we are providing care for others. And both in our being cared for and in our caring, teach us, God, um, to want in ways that are appropriate. Bring our wants under your control and teach us that you alone have what we most deeply want and desire, that you alone have the words of life so that we don't go looking for them elsewhere. We ask all this through Christ. Amen. Well, as always, fun to talk with you this week. I've enjoyed the chance to talk about the theme of grace and peace. We'll be back next week, starting uh, Monday, February 8th, to talk about the beloved community. As we begin to, um, uh, we, of course, we were not here for Martin Luther King Day this year. Uh, often we have that theme, the beloved community, in our lectionary over Martin Luther King Week, but I put it into this week, um, and we'll be celebrating Martin Luther King the following week, the week of February 15th. So look forward to talking with you on Monday. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.